Hi, I'm Michael G. Williams, and welcome to Social Distancing Radio. I'm a novelist, and a reader and friend of mine asked if I would record myself reading one of my novels as something they would find comforting and familiar in the midst of the uncertainty and anxiety of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'll be reading to you from Perishables, the first book in my five-book urban fantasy and vampire series, The Withrow Chronicles, published by Falstaff Books, aka FalstaffBooks.com. If you'd like to pick up a copy for yourself, head over to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, slash Perishables link. That goes to Amazon. Thanks. Well, hey, y'all. Um, wow, the post scheduling feature in WordPress on my website is not working very well because uh, episode 17 was scheduled to come out last week and I just logged into the blog to see that it was missed schedule. Anyway, it's in your podcast queue now. And now let's get right into episode 18. The Whateverth installment of Part 3 of Perishables, The Doorbusters. Oh, read in line. Mm. Okay, that was... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very necessary. Okay, yeah. that. Okay, now I'm good. You might recall that I can eat mortal food, but the most of my kind can't. That our bodies reject it. There are even stories among my kind of plague feasts. When a vampire would become frightened that their feeding pool were carriers of some sickness or another, anything that might infect them, they would order an enormous banquet of mortal food prepared and then eat it all in one very long sitting. The vampire would use the consumption of food as a purgative over and over again until their paranoia was satisfied or their guts were sore from effort. What fewer of us know is that the same is true for mortal creatures that consume the blood of a vampire. A human or an animal eats food to stay alive, but drinking the blood of a vampire something with all sorts of benefits in the long run, takes many tries and a great deal of patience and effort. That transaction, the consumption of blood to sustain rather than to sicken, is a one-way street. Human bodies reject our blood just as terribly as we reject their food until they've been trained to it. Phone Lady clearly had not been trained, and her body seemed to purge itself thoroughly in one horrible convulsion. Jennifer let out one low, long breath and a ragged, moaning sigh, and I detected in it something of the knowledge that it might be her job to hose this bit of parking lot down in twenty minutes. Before Jennifer could say anything about the bite, I turned to the guy who had stopped screaming when the lady's teeth got yanked out of his arm and said, Okay, buddy, it's going to be all right. The cops are already on their way, so, like, they'll bring an ambulance or whatever. The guy stared at me. No past me, and then his eyes rolled back in his head and he collapsed in a faint. I clucked my tongue in pity. I couldn't blame him. Listen, folks, I said, looking around at the group, all the rest of him had gone still and silent once Jennifer and I tore ass into the middle of everything. Let's just stay calm and wait for the authorities to deal with this. Then the guy stood again, right beside me, with his eyes still rolled back and foam at the corners of his mouth. So did the other six or seven people who'd originally been knocked out by the lady's gas attack. They were all staring at the insides of their own skulls and their hands all twitched and they produced a collective groan that sent chills up even my spine. 
Their voices joined in a chorus that formed an agonized and wordless chant we all recognized from a hundred midnight movies, something they had never done before. Everyone started screaming at once as the new guys started biting anyone he'd hold still for it, so by the time Jennifer and I had dragged each other back inside, there were at least a dozen zombies, some of them inside and some of them out, and one of them had dragged herself across the path of the sliding door so the red button wouldn't do anything when we screeched past it and slammed our hands on it five or six, seven, five or six dozen times. I was moving at the maximum speed I felt would be believable when all this store footage got examined, so Jennifer and Smiles were easily keeping pace. I got the sense Jennifer was holding back, actually, so I sped up just a fraction and she changed pace to match me without even noticing. We were at the front of a pack by a long shot, and there were people getting taken down behind us as the rest of the survivors strung themselves out into a long chain, twisting around corners and down aisles between the front door and us. We would hear someone scream and then abruptly stop screaming and know what had happened. That bad news was The bad news was that it kept happening, as though these zombies, unlike the shuffling, shambling corpses I'd dealt with before, were pretty quick on their feet, perhaps even faster than a really frightened human being riding an abrupt adrenaline high. We rounded a corner past a sign that read in absurdly bright letters, SPECIAL OCCASION. Jennifer held up a fist and gave some sort of signal that I guessed was part of her self-defense training or something, or maybe something she'd seen on TV. I couldn't begin to know, but she was stopping, so I stopped as well, and Smiles automatically took up a position at the end of the aisle, watching the direction from which we'd come. Show me your arm, she said. Vampires heal fast. I held up my arm and auditioned a nonchalant chuckle. Didn't break the skin. Lucky me. Jennifer looked at my arm for a long moment visibly chose not to say something and went on while wearing a mask of passivity that clearly concealed the mechanism of an impressive mind working underneath. We have to start taking them out, she said. She was only barely breathing hard. She'd been training. I don't mean she jogged around the block on weekends either. I mean she'd been training intensely. And my money was on her having started the day she woke up and realized, A, her initial traumatic event was really over, and B, there was no reason to assume it could never happen again. There's a certain way people react to trauma sometimes, and it's to train like they're about to go get, get, excuse me. There's a certain way people react to trauma sometimes, and it's to train like they're about to get to go back in time and kick that one really bad day right square in the pants. It's kind of like how the children of alcoholics grow up to be drunks, but with less drinking and more, you know, ropes courses and marathons. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but it's something I've seen a hundred times. Vampires are usually living in some version of yesterday in a hundred different ways, and that's just a part of the deal. But there's something about seeing an immortal that's particularly sad. Regardless, I really, really did not want to get into a direct engagement with a bunch of zombies because I knew what they would do in any circumstance other than one of total surprise like I had just enjoyed. They would shy away from me by instinct and I would be outing myself as something other than a normal human being. I'd set up the bull rush of helpful kid and jumped in front of phone lady the way I did precisely to deny them the chance to react to me in the first place, but I couldn't ambush all of the ones we had now. Those cameras up there, all over the store, pointed at every nook and cranny where a kid might try to shove an Atari down his pants. Could be the start of a hundred nasty questions when someone finally looked at this footage. 
I couldn't afford that. I was pushing it already with the running and tackling I'd done. But maybe if I could catch the first few walkers, the ones that were moving easier than the rest, at least I could do something to help the odds of everyone else. I nodded at her. Okay, I kind of have an idea. My hope was that if I would go mix it up with the ones in front, then the, that the ones behind them might stop short rather than get too close to me. It would be risky, but if I was fast, then I could maybe open a tiny window of time for everyone else to go somewhere and hide. But you're going to need to get everybody else to someplace safe. I can get them into the back and lock the doors to the storeroom. Jennifer nodded. She hadn't had time to think this through, but she didn't need it. She'd already thought it through a hundred times. You'll need weapons. She held out the baseball bat. I shook my head and held up two fat fists, my knuckles like dimples in the flesh of a soft white face. I've got these, and him, I nodded at smiles. We've done this before, and we've got some good tricks. She didn't like that answer, and her jaw set hard. She looked from me to smiles, this dog that reacted as though I'd issued orders before I'd had a chance to issue them, and who moved like some extension of my own senses. And then back to me. Tell me what you are. Later. Jennifer's expression didn't change. To hell with later. Tell me. You tried to screw with my head. You screwed with my boss's head. I saw that woman bite you and I saw blood come out, but there's not the tiniest mark now. The others got converted immediately to Europe, running around and talking and everything. You're something special, aren't you? Her glance flicked out and we could hear the screams of some of the other shoppers being picked off closer now. Pounding feet would stop and scuffle and then turn into purposeful steps after a few moments of horrible silence. I cut her off at the logical pass. I'm not like them, no. No, but you aren't like me either. She shook her head. Tell me now, or I start screaming and draw them here faster. I swear to God, I will get everyone in here killed by the enemy I know before I'll trust the ally I don't. And I know exactly how to get their attention. I've done it before. I made a mental note of that, but outwardly I simply sighed at her and slumped against the shelf of wrapping paper and ridiculous bows and an overpackaged piece of plastic shaped so that it could be used to curl a ribbon. Um, it's complicated. I looked back at the cameras. I'm something that they can't be allowed to see. Ghost? I gave her that, oh honey please, look every southern queen keeps in a holster on his hip. Because so many damn ghosts weigh three and a half bucks and go shopping on Black Friday, right? Trust me, I am just like you. You just fought two zombies and ran approximately 300 yards. You wear jeans with a 50-inch waist. You aren't sweating. You aren't breathing hard. Your hair isn't must. Your pupils are not dilated. Your dog is not normal. You are not human. We both blurted out at once, her to make the point, me to answer it. I can't do this by myself. We both immediately froze in the stark light of having opened up enough to ask for help. Jennifer breathed in once, held it, let it out. I didn't. She blinked and her features twitched. She'd noticed. We were facing each other slightly crouched, hunched like the founders of conspiracy. I was trying hard to keep a lid on my emotions in the circumstance, but Jennifer's insistent curiosity wasn't helping any. That part of me that yanks at its leash when life becomes in any way stressful or demanding was straining against the chain with all four paws dug in the dirt. I started to say something to break that moment of terrifying vulnerability. I don't even know what words I had in mind. When something moved in one corner of my vision, way off at the far end of the aisle, the one where smiles was not. I just caught one curve of an ear and part of the iris of an eye before it was yanked back out of view. 
We were being hunted. They were stealthy enough for me not to have heard. That had never happened in my many years of life, despite having been hunted before. I didn't care that my fangs had fallen out all over the place when I pulled back and hissed at Jennifer. I came here to buy a Blu-ray player because my cousin said to, I spat, but I am worse than a hundred of them put together, and I swear on every ounce of blood in their bodies that if one thing walks out of here tonight, it will be me. Now get everyone who's still clean into the back room and lock yourselves in because I am about to make a mess of this place. Smile's head snapped around to look at me for one moment before he bounded into position between us in a single leap. Jennifer looked at me, at my teeth, and blinked in slow motion before she stepped out of the aisle and picked up a bright orange telephone handset from a price check thing on the end of the shelving. Attention Uber Bargains shoppers, she said in a booming broadcast. I shook my arms back and forth and tried to calm down. My teeth wouldn't go back in. It wouldn't work. I'd been pushed right up to the edge of something, some psychological chasm I didn't know was there and hadn't been prepared to leap. Please proceed to seasonal goods at the back of the store. I need everyone into the back right now. I'll be by the double doors behind the display of Christmas trees in 30 seconds. Repeat, seasonal goods, double doors, 30 seconds, now. Run for it. Jennifer set the telephone thing back in its cradle and took off running again without looking back. I ran the other way, arms outstretched through the middle of a major traffic aisle and then cut in the corner through activewear and big and tall. Smiles bounded around a rack of gym shorts and burst through a cardboard display of cheap t-shirts. I cried out as we ran with a note of sincere joy amidst all the worry and doubt and a little bit of fear. Here, zombies, come and get it. Dinner bells are ringing. The freedom of a fight was something I desperately needed, and I was finding it harder to care about the cameras by the second. And that, folks is this episode's installment of part three of perishables the door busters um you know i haven't read this novel in years and uh i actually really like that part well what do you know that is a fun and pleasant surprise i'll talk to you next time thanks for listening this podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. The theme music is Plucked Contemporary Boom by Kara Square, available under a Creative Commons attribution license at ccmixter.org.